Welcome to the Subscription Secrets Podcast, your quick guide to mastering the subscription business world. So dive in the concise episodes packed with strategies, expert insights, and real success stories to ensure success in your subscription business. Hey, so today we've got uh, Thomas from the Burn Box, uh, FD Collectors Club, and Thin Line Box uh, on the podcast. And we want to uh, look through kind of his history, where he's come from, successes, obstacles he's faced as a subscription first entrepreneur. Um, so we're gonna gonna jump right in, Thomas. Thanks and, and welcome this morning. Appreciate your time. Thanks for oh. having me. Thanks for having me. Cool, cool. All good. Um, so yeah, listen. I guess you know, first place to start is um, what's your. Do you want to start in like your history? Um, how you, it's, I know the kind of story, um, but it, it's kind of, you know, it's it's one of these things. I think a lot of us fall into entrepreneurship a little bit, um, and then we get caught up in it, and uh, it's a lot of fun, but we, we also have other rules and other obligations that we're fulfilling and juggling at the same time. So do you want to give us a little bit of your kind of history, where you came from? And oh, yeah, sure. I, I'll start from the beginning. So um, I got a bunch of screens working here, so if you see me looking around, I get... Uh, it's all distracted. Good, but uh, when I was uh, in high school, I kind of always knew I wanted to be a business owner. So I went to a school that had like business classes. I wasn't a very good student. Um, <laughs> and uh, because I wasn't a good student, there was an opportunity where I could get my diploma and uh, get an EMT card as an emergency medical technician. So I was shy a little bit, a few classes for graduation. So they had a program they could put me in that would get me my, the credits that I was shy and um, uh, my brother kind of did something similar, so I went for it. Um, and if you pass, it was, it was a tough program. It was a bunch of kids my age, but if you stuck with it, they fast-tracked you into the FDNY as an EMT in uh, emergency yeah. emergency medical service. So I went ahead and I did that. You know, I stayed focused. I got through it, and then uh, I graduated like June second, and I was in FDNY tops class. That's their training orientation program. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe June twentieth, I was like I was eighteen, so uh, that was great. Uh, that's what got me into the medical the FDNY. Um, and the longer I was in the FDNY, a lot of people I was working with they wanted to take a promotion to where I work in order to become a firefighter. Well, there's other ways, but one of the paths is you could promote to be a, a firefighter from an EMT. So a lot of guys were doing it. So I looked into it. I'm like I figured I could I could do this, right? Um, so. I took the test, a couple years passed, did the physical, I got in, and then um, I was an EMT for like five years. I was a paramedic briefly. I took the test and I took the class, but right before I graduated, I got into a fire academy and I've been a fireman for the last 10 years. So overall, 15 years with the FDNY, uh, five as an EMT, 10 as a fireman. I mean, it may be biased. I think it's one of the greatest jobs in the world. I'm having a lot of fun. I've always known I wanted to help people, so... Um, that's a little bit about how I became a firefighter, and it kind of branches off into what made me start the business because it's like a blend of the two passions. I'm fascinated by that journey. You know how I, I think you know, like I say, we all kind of fall into certain you know buckets, and we we change paths and and different things like that. But that so you were a firefighter. You've been a firefighter for ten years. Yeah, ten years. And then ten so years. the burn box was your very first business. Is that right? Yes. So, okay. I mean, growing up in high school, I always I always sold like candies and stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, always trying, always trying to sell. So I come, I don't want to go too far back, but I come from a really big family. I have six brothers. I have four sisters. 
So we grew up, we didn't really have much. So my parents are great. I mean, they did the best they could, you know? I love the way I grew up. Um, I'm, and I'm the middle child, so I'm right in the middle. Mm-hmm. But uh, So I always kind of wanted to get for myself. always felt bad. I don't know. My parents never, like, shamed me, but I always felt bad because my father was the only one working. And I always didn't want to burden him. I wanted to, you know, get, you know, earn on my own when I was a kid. I don't know why. I just felt like I had to, I wanted him to focus on everyone else. And I'll, I'll take care of myself, I guess. I, I, I didn't know that at the time. But looking back, that's what it seems like. So I always wanted to sell stuff and get into business. And I know for a fact I always wanted to help people. So that's kind of a little bit about me. Fast forward, I become an EMT, a paramedic, and then a firefighter. I get to my fire my firehouse and you can ask any fireman. Almost every firefighter has like two or three jobs. They're working here, they're doing that, doing concrete. Some guys are creative. They're very a very creative group. Uh, first, I learned this by the pranks that they pull on each other. Like some of the stuff guys build, and you know, it's really creative and impressive. But also, we have certain tools on our fire truck or engine, depending on where you work. Um, that guys made these tools out of necessity. They, they'll figure things out. They'll start welding. And just depending on your area, there's certain things that you may need. So if you live in an area where there's just two-story uh, like houses, you know, versus another firehouse, their area has six-story buildings. Like the way they operate and the tools they need are going to be different. So guys just kind of jimmy-rig things together to help. And I guess every firehouse is like a little village, depending on where you are. Guys do different things, you know. Yeah. That's neither here nor there, but... So I just watched how creative firemen are, and I saw some firefighters who made their own tools. And then I just started searching firefighter-owned on Instagram, and I saw so many different products from firefighters and with that that hashtag firefighter-owned. And I figured it'd be really cool if I could curate all this stuff into a little package and ship it out to, um, we call them buffs, people who love firefighting. Yeah. uh, And ship it out to the fire buffs. Now, you, you're fire, firefighters, you could be a fire buff and be a firefighter, or if you could just, maybe your father was a firefighter, maybe you just love fire trucks growing up, and you're a fire buff, like there's people who just are infatuated, who love the fire department, and I just thought, hey, if I can get a t-shirt from this house, this guy makes this cool tool, or this guy makes this mug, this guy, there's a lot of guys doing hats, t-shirts, you know, you get the point, I don't want to go on and on, but it just got me working, so I just started putting things together, um, and like, Testing it out. I honestly, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think it was going to work. Um, Cause I'm at I, my first firehouse. Guys were like, really like anti-buff. They're like, I'll oh, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Like that's never going to, you know, they yeah. weren't like bad guys. They just didn't like, uh, you know, they, some guys don't want, you know, you to project your firefighter to everyone, you know, they want you to keep it in house, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was interesting. So I, I started that. I had a lot of buddies in my firehouse who had their own businesses I secretly just started doing stuff. Um, I reached out to Liam, um, you know, one of the owners of Buster Box. He's a great, great guy. He was huge in my. He was like probably one of the, one of the biggest like helps starting out. I had no, I had ideas, but none of it was polished. I just had a bunch of ideas, and I'm just throwing it at him. I found him on Facebook, and uh, we spoke, and he just gave me he he broke it down in a way hey listen this is what you do you know start a pre-launch campaign first you got to test the market you got to do the, and he kind of broke it down in a way that made sense you know i was watching a lot of youtube you can easily get lost in youtube watching stuff but liam was huge so that'd be like one of the um i give him a lot of i tell every time i speak to him i give him credit because he helped like clear the fog and yeah. then i got to work and um 
that's a little bit how it started and that's kind of what drives the business. Yeah. I feel like if a fireman's making a tool in his garage when he's on his day off and I can get it out to 10,000 people, I think that'd be cool, you know? A lot, a big part of my subscription box is discovery as well as functionality. So I guess I never really spoke about the box. I'll just give a quick description. So the burn box is basically, it's a monthly subscription for firefighters where every month you're going to get a different tool. You're going to get apparel like t-shirts, hats, and belts. Uh, I try to make sure every box has something functional. So if it's not a tool, it might be a piece of gear like gloves or like we wear these hoods. So something you could use. Every month you're going to get something you could use that day, you know, when you're riding the rig. So that was the goal. And it's about providing discovery. You know, maybe this guy in Canada makes this thing that you never heard of and it could be good for your your area, your district. So a lot of people tell me all the time, oh, I would have never heard of this before, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparel is good. Because like us firefighters, when we go on vacations, we go, we visit the firehouse wherever you wherever you go and we try to buy a T-shirt. So part of me is like, hey, maybe I could just, you know, get shirts from all over. It's good for the firehouse. It puts money in that firehouse, the commissary, so they could buy stuff and then um, like gym equipment and stuff like that. And uh, it helps people get what they want. So that's yeah. kind of what drives the business. That what keeps me going. It's it's a lot of work finding all the products. But uh, yeah, I can't I can't imagine having to source that that diverse range of products and try and keep it, um, you know, predominantly of course you know firefighter owned and and trying to bring in lots of different things for variety. Uh, to keep people on board. But that's so cool that you should say, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that initial fog that you mentioned. You know, you've got ideas but to actually formulate it, put it into like a framework and move forward consistently with it to A, launch and then scale and grow and make it better and continue to refine uh, is a really, um, it's actually, a, it's, it's a skill, you know? So if you I've done a lot of times and you guys like Liam, it's perfect that you could get, you know, in to talk with somebody like that who can sort of distill down all the different ideas and things that you've got and say, like, here's a path to launch and this is what the next step and don't be afraid to do this. It's sort of, I'm sure it gave you a lot of confidence to launch. And I take me back a little bit. That was, am I right in thinking that was around 2020? Uh, yeah, well, Another thing is I had the business idea for like two years and I just didn't do it. So I procrastinated a lot. Um, I give a lot of, um, a lot of entrepreneurs credit. Taking that leap is it's a, it's a big thing. Maybe I'm a, I don't know. I can run in burning buildings, but starting a business is weird. Right. Um, but it was, it was just, I guess it's the fear of failure, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it was really tough to take the leap. And finally a couple the stars aligned, um, I saw another brand kind of pop up and uh, and it triggered me because I, I I wasn't sure. I was unsure of myself. I didn't think people wanted it. And then I see somebody actually do it. Then I'm like, well, number one, I think I could do it much better. And two, mm-hmm. I, it was just confirmation. I'm like, you know what? Before this guy gains any steam, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go. And I, I just put the my, you know, the pedal to the floor and I just went all in at that point. I love it. I love it. And that, you know. I hear that a lot from working with clients all over the place, you know, and I experience it myself, you know, like that idea of you've got this concept and it's maybe two years in gestation. You're thought, thinking about, I should do that, but you know, not taking that leap. I was speaking with a client this week and she was saying the same thing. She was like, I'm, I'm kind of scared to launch, but I just saw something that somebody else is doing that is kind of similar to what I'm doing. But again, I feel I can do it better, but, I really now know I need to launch now. You know, I need to get this to market and, you know, t- test the market, 
you know, do the pre-launch, get the beta out, you know, start to just get get it rolling. Um, and I think that is probably the biggest hurdle that most people, most entrepreneurs don't do. But I know, I mean, personally, from working with you over the last you know, year or so, I know that that skill, that that thing, the, the obstacle, that's hard to take that leap, you're getting, you know, that skill to do it again, again, again. So, um, you know, t- talk to me a little bit about um, some of the other developments, you know, so Burnbox kind of launched 2020. And just uh, at the end of 2019, end of yep. 2019, like September 2019. Okay, cool. So I was like right at the cusp of, of COVID, um, as much like one of, one of my subscription businesses too. And, you know, what was the, before I suppose before we go on to the, the other the other businesses that you're launching and the next steps and all the different things you want to do. Um, what was the, if you look at like the launch and then the growth, cause that's, you know, three and a half years really. Um, you know, what, what's that kind of process been like? Man. Uh, so here's, I'll be, I'll be a hundred percent honest, you know, and maybe I, it's not good. I don't, I'm not trying to talk bad about myself or anything. I'm a, I'm a firefighter. I'm just like a jeans and t-shirt, regular guy. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't know anything about anything really. Um, so every step of the way was hard for me because you don't like starting a business. It's like you're blindfolded and every step you take, you don't know if the ground's in front of you. Like you don't know if every decision you make, you don't know it could be really good or really bad, but not making the decision is a decision as well. So like you said, as you grow, you figure these things out. But uh, a big problem for me was everything, oh, everything. Um, I, as you know, we've been working for a year. It takes me, I'm sure, twice as long to figure out the techno- technological side or um, trying to figure out which payment process. Like every single step was so, just trying to educate yourself, it was it was overwhelming for me. But I guess, um, you know, just break it down and step by step and you just got to figure it out. But that was a challenge, just growing, getting learning it all um subly i use is the platform i use i don't know can i plug them in on absolutely I, yeah yeah I, yeah yeah i use subly it, it was it's huge because a lot of the work is done so which was good so i just gotta you know email get the email uh create an email campaign um i'm sorry the word is leaving me but let's say i, I get mailchimp plugging in i'll get stripe plugging it in and, I, and it kind of made it easier versus having because you could do it all yourself you could build it all out yourself but yep Yep. It's, um, a, it's a nightmare of, of moving parts that you really don't need that headache as an entrepreneur, you know? So I, I totally agree. You know, I'm, as you know, I'm an, a subly expert. So I, you know, that's where a lot of my uh, clients come f- from, or we migrate to from like a WordPress or a Wix or, you know, whatever else they're, they're using out there. So no, that's totally cool to, to mention that. And I, I'm a big fan of the platform. I use it for all of my subscription businesses. Um, and of course, almost all client businesses as well. So I love that streamlined approach as well, where it's not, and they say it themselves, you know, plug in soup. You know, I've, I've been there, I've been there WordPress for like 18 years. Um, and that was always our platform of choice. But with this particular style of business subscription first, there's nothing that compares to, to that platform. So um, I totally agree and understand why, why you use it. And that being like the platform of choice for you, as you're kind of you know lifting off and launching, what what other sort of major again secrets, right? Subscription subscription secrets is the name of this uh, podcast topic. So, what are the other things that you put in place or find or discovered that really elevated the success of the burn box initially? 
Okay, so yeah, so launching, I think one thing I was, um, I'm fortunate, I'm, I know everyone might not have this luxury, but I don't think there was, like I said, there's one guy that popped up, but I don't think there was really anything like what I was doing in my field. So it was very, um, I don't think I had too much competition. It wasn't super saturated. So I think that was in my benefit. Um, the other gentleman who ran the company, I was just looking at how he did it and it just didn't make sense. Like logistics, it, it didn't make sense to me. You know, I didn't wish any bad on the guy, but it just didn't make sense. Cause I know, you know, for subscription boxes, quantity is where you really, uh, where it really like starts to make a difference. You need quantity. And if you're doing different tiers and you got one here and like, it, I don't, I don't, the math doesn't work. Not for me. It might work for that. But, um, a big thing for me was, um, I didn't think there was that much competition. So I think when, um, well, let me put that on hold because I think that comes into play when I talk about the advertising side. But at first, a big uh, secret or benefit I thought that really helped me was cross-promotion. So a lot of people, there was a lot of people who were firefighters in, um, or firefighter-owned companies. They had all had their own followings. Well, if I put three guys who have 100,000 followers on social media, I, put, I buy a product from each of them and put it in the box. Once that box is like, I have a nice photo, they're each going to post it. So now I'm getting, burn boxes getting exposure from 300,000 people. So that was big for me is just finding influencers. I put products in there. I'm not, it's going to sound bad. It's not saying that it wasn't quality stuff, but I definitely picked strategic people and strategic products. I know this guy has a big following and you know what, this cross promotion is also a good sell for the other companies, getting them involved saying, Hey, this is going to get your brand out to other people. I think that kind of helped pick up speed. Um, when I pre-launched, I had 800 people fill out like a survey. And then I, I thought I was going to kill it. In my first month, I had 40 subscribers. It was like, Ugh. you know, yep. If, yep. I, I was expecting more, you know, well, but um, yeah, but that that's super important to note because I know so many entrepreneurs and, and clients of mine in particular, you know, they, they launch and then they get disappointed. It's like, Oh, I only got a certain amount. Right. And of course, we all want to kill it on, on the launch. You know, I, I've run big launches. I've run kind of mediocre launches. You know, I've learned a lot of that kind of strategy. And it it is, like you said, it's all about the audience and the numbers and the exposure and those kind of cross-promotional tools. But I don't think you give yourself enough credit for that that insight to be able to do that as a young entrepreneur sitting thinking in your first business to go, do you know what? Strategically, this is what I'm going to do. It's a very critical thinking way of approaching it and it, it's absolutely it's brilliant you know it's a, a very very smart um tool and i know there's so many other workings of the business elements that i've i personally have been blown away by your ingenuity of you know taking like the coins thing we'll talk about in a moment but taking that and you know considering other approaches instead of just having a product to actually you know partner with people who are already making them and you know kind of piggyback a little bit on orders and stuff like that and you improve rates and all that it's, it's very very intelligent um so that's what i love and i think that's great that you mentioned you know, collaboration and partnerships um and catering your products to the subscriber base right and i mean it's, it is great to pick a niche like you've done that maybe isn't as competitive you know i mean i know in in some of the niches that i operate in they're really only like two or three players you know and people haven't hopped on because it's very a lot of the uh, the workings are very difficult to engineer. And so people don't, they don't have that kind of resilience to, to par through and, you know, break down those barriers and those walls and actually firstly launch 
and then figure out how to grow. So from that initial launch, let's go back to that, like 40 subscribers. And this was at end of 2019? Uh, yes. Uh, September 2019, my first, um, I guess I shipped my first box. I, I did the pre-launch. I started taking orders on in September and I shipped out my first box like October 1st okay. of 2019. And cool. um, man, <laughs> I'm just thinking back. It just take me so many mistakes, so many mistakes. But yeah. I, I, I overbought. I, I bought 100 of everything and only had 40. But, you know, I figured out ways to offload it. But after that, um, it started doubling. So the next month was 80. Then the next month was, you know, 160. And, the, and it, it started, I've noticed it started like the snowball and, um, which was great. Again, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, one thing, I don't know if this is a secret or not. I don't know if this maybe should be for a different, you know, segment or we're going to get to it. But, um, being that I, I'm a firefighter and I have a salary and, um, you know, I was able to take a few more risks, I think, for the business because my family was going to eat no matter what. So I'm not, I, I'm trying to word this because I don't want people to be, I don't want to sound reckless, but I was able to like, I'm ashamed to say, and I don't think it's good business, but I didn't, some some months I broke even, some months I didn't make money. Some, I'm not, a few months in my first year, I took a hit. Yep. Just knowing that, you know, if I just stay consistent as I grow, the numbers will be there. I prayed again. You don't know if the ground in front of you, but I prayed. I just stayed consistent. People seem like they like the product. And sometimes I dealing with firefighters versus other brands is firefighters. They're not like, uh, it's not like dealing with the big vendor. Some of these guys don't know business as well as, you know, and they're not cranking out products. They don't have assembly line cranking out products. Some firefighters are perfectly fine when they make 10 products in their garage and they make a few hundred bucks. So it was very hard to get prices where I wanted it. So some months I just took the hit because I wanted the exposure. Some months I broke even, you know, it was, and I'm not saying everyone could do that. I'm well aware. I don't, I don't want to like, you know, but it, that was a big thing. The first year was a lot of, uh, it was a tough year, but just stay consistent, packing boxes. Um, I think that was huge for uh, growth as well. I think um, if I had to give a tip to entrepreneurs, getting into subscription boxes, you know, you got to think long-term. You got to think long term because um, it may not when you first start out, it may it may be it may seem like kind of like daunting. You may feel like, oh, man, but you got to stay consistent and push, you know, and and obviously that has to be paired with, uh, you know, st strategy and planning because you could easily, you know, you don't want to just you could easily throw money in the garbage. But um, I knew strategically that working with certain brands and I was watching how I was growing. And, uh, you know, just doing more research as the business grew, it, it, it didn't, it made sense to keep pushing the way I did. And eventually, it, you know, things definitely uh, took off. So it, I, um, I mean, now you're into the thousands of subscribers, right? So um, t I think the consistency is absolutely key because look, look at that launch, that first launch of 40, you were disappointed, right? And a lot of people get disappointed with that first launch because they're still learning. It's their first ever launch, maybe that, you know, they expect so much. They've maybe got a list of a thousand people. They only get 10 hopping on board. Um, but I think that's important to, to note is it's that old saying, you know, success isn't final and fa uh, failure isn't fatal, right? So you just keep going. You keep that consistency there. You believe in your product. You believe in that initial spark that started it, that idea. And you just you plug away and you just keep going. And then suddenly the traction can come. But there's more to it than just, you know, 
blind luck, like you said, the strategy, there's the consistency. And what what really kind of took you into the like into the thousands? What was the kind of the key to that step? So what took me to the thousands was um so I, I think I got to 700 subscribers just, you know, with cross promotion and just Facebook posts and just organic. And um, what took me from 700 to 1,000 was Harbor Marketing. Now, again, Liam has a program, which is great. Um, and I, you know, I, I got involved in it. But the problem I had, and I'm sure a lot of other people have, is I'm still working. I was still working in the firehouse. And it just it got to the point where I had to make a decision whether I do I want to keep trying to learn this learning curve and, and um, or should I just pay somebody? And at the moment I was packing, I didn't have a fulfillment center at the time. I was still packing my own boxes, Ooh. which was fun. But my wife, wanted her, she wanted her living room back. The kids kept putting like toys in every box. It was, it was getting out of control. So I was just at a point, point where I was like, you know, let me, I listened to a podcast. Uh, I think it might've been Eric Music. He has, a, he had a podcast. I'm not sure if he still does it, but uh, I found I found uh, Harbor Marketing. I gave him a call. Um, we they gave me like a, a results action plan. We looked it over, and at that point, I, I'm, I'm wearing all the hats. And I just said, you know what? Maybe I should just offload this one thing. And again, once they started running ads, it just I went from like 700 to 1200 like that. And then um, at that same time, I found the fulfillment center, and then things started really. It started really going. So yeah, um, yeah. I would say Harbor Marketing was good. Um, it was huge. I do. Can you do your own marketing? Yes. But at the time, you know, it's just me. I was, I'm still working in the firehouse. You know, I still got to, you know, do the whole husband, father thing. So it was a lot. And I, yeah. I, I made the call at that time to, you know, outsource that. And it, yeah, it, they did good. Yeah. I, I was Steve. very surprised. Yeah, we're going to have actually Steve on one of these sessions as well, because that's what I want to, you know, gain from these sessions is that perspective in different areas. You know, it's not just you don't just own a business and it's suddenly successful. There's a whole process. There's, you know, the like you say, the fulfillment, the logistics, the marketing, the ads, uh, traffic coming in, the conversion strategies. You've got your site. You've got uh, continuing to source products, you know consistently as well there's so many moving parts um so i think that's awesome and I, I know from experience with ad companies they're not all they're not all they're cracked up to be so when i see it work there's a skill there as well you know it's like a, a perspective thing so like i do my you know the website stuff and the conversion and the user flow and that's my skill and then guys like steve you know that stuff even to me, I've been doing marketing for 18 years nearly. Even to me, that kind of stuff is a little bit scary. You know, it's like, uh, that's not my forte. And it's kind of like, it's a little bit voodoo, like, you know, the way things work and get, re you know, it's it's a skill unto itself. So I think that's awesome that you were able to to kind of leverage that and then scale up. And now, of course, it's just continuing to, to go month on month. Tell me the the to go back because this is us. You know, we've launched and we've we, you've been disappointed in the launch, and then you grow, you scale, you get the ads in, involved. That really takes you to that next level. At that stage, what are the obstacles you're facing? You know, what are the big things, the big hurdles? So at that stage, it's now. Now you got. So now here's where it doesn't stop growing. Like, how can I? I need. Let me try to think of an analogy. Don't laugh. It's <laughs> like having a, a kid, right? You have a baby and you have to deal with the problems of the baby. Obviously, the baby can't take care of itself. But then as you know, now the baby's five years old. You don't have those problems that you had when they, they were an infant, but you still got now you got five year old problems. Like you still got problems. 
you just got a different type of problem. So what I say now is now I'm, I got fulfillment. Now I got marketing. Now my numbers aren't making sense. Now I have to pay these people. So now I got to rework my numbers, rework my margins. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting like, I'm getting triggered. Just thinking back of the stress, you know, obviously I didn't, you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah. so now that stuff had, you know, raising the prices and now you hold, now you're thinking lifetime value. It's not about, cause now you're paying for each customer, you know? Right. So it changed everything. So, and that's something I still kind of struggle with a little bit, but, um, cause my product isn't, is other people's products, right? It's not like I have, I make my own candles, you know, where my margin is 50%. I'm getting stuff from other people. So just trying to be smart and I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like, you know, you know, some months are great and some months are, you know, harder. I'm, I'm getting some processes in place. It's looking promising, but that was a, that was a big hurdle because now I have fulfillment. Now I have uh, an ads company in and that kind of ch changed things. I had to go back, change, rework pricing, um, negotiations. I had to get real, real. I'm like, I'm a regular dude. Like I hate haggling. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But you know, if, if it, I have to make the numbers work, you know, yeah, man, I, that, that's I, really fascinating because that it's almost like you've got two, two businesses. Like you say, you've got two, you know, you got the baby at the start and that's, you're kind of nurturing that on your own. You're wearing all the hats and now suddenly you introduce added costs. And that, I think that's what, where a lot of people get scared is, uh, this is, you know, three grand, this is, uh, five grand or something like that. And they can't, um, you can't take that leap. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it's really, it's a difficult one. I know a lot of entrepreneurs never take that leap. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs and clients, you know, who have said, you know, I it just can't do, I can't make that leap right now. You know, they're at 500, 300, 700. They want to get to that, like that, you know, initial, that initial number, I think, is always on people's minds, you know, like get to a thousand, right? Where are we at if we're at a thousand? Then where are we at if we get to two, three, and all those different component costs that come into play um, is tricky. What I mean, what you must have had like an internal dialogue to say, oh, should should I go with this? Or was it easy for you? Were you just like, you know what? I have to do this. What was the kind of process? For the ads, I'm sorry, my camera overheated over here. That's all you good, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that initial, that step, because I know a lot of clients of mine struggle with that, that jump into particularly advertising or, um, you know, because uh, here's the thing, services, you know, you go into services industry, advertising, agencies, design, strategy, planning, all that stuff. It takes a, a certain level of expertise. And with that comes an associated price and associated investment, right? So you can get ad companies or ad people cheaply, but they're not good, Right. So what to go to a level like Steve uh, at Harbor specializes in this industry, um, gets results. What was that kind of process like? Did you just jump head first in because you knew you had to? Or was there a lot of friction to that? Like I see a lot of clients experience. There was a little friction. I wanted to try my own. I wanted to try it myself. So I just, you know, uh, let me boost the post here, there, you know. I tried to, I thought I knew what I was doing. Uh, I'd since done a lot of research, so I know what I was doing wrong. But at the time, I was fearful of dumping, wasting money. And that kept, that made me fear, um, that was the biggest problem. I just didn't want to waste money. And I felt, me, I already got the fulfillment center. I already got this advertising company. I don't have the time to learn and waste money. I already, I already just changed my, my numbers just changed already. 
So I went with Harbor and I figured, you know what, you know, uh, let me give it a shot. You know, if, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And we just pivot. But uh, that that was it. I just didn't want to waste money. If you don't know what you're doing with ads, you'd be throwing money in the garbage. Yeah. And uh, again, yes. like, I, I, I joined Liam's course, which is great. A lot of good stuff. But it was just time for me. It was time. Yeah, I think I think that's awesome. And that time, right, that you know, scaling of the business and that taking that leap, and then of course having to readjust and refocus and change, you know, your pricing structures and margins and renegotiate deals and you know, consistently do that, plus all the stuff that actually runs the business, like logistics and fulfillment. Um, so you're getting there with all that, and then you have another idea. And now this is kind of where we, you know, I, we revamped the Burnbox website last year, about a year ago. It was November, wasn't it? Um, just coming up to Christmas, and you were launching those gift products, and that that all, you know, it all looked great. The, the site, I think, I'm biased, you know, I did it, but I think it, it's great. It's converting higher. I know I've spoken to Steve about that, and you know, that's super important because you can't be sending thousands and thousands of dollars of ads into a site where it's it's there's a roadblock. You know, it's not sending people, it's not flowing people through into the conversion. So that's all important. So that was sort of late last year. And then you had an idea that I kind of, I I got, you know, I was, I just thought it was a great idea. And because you've already got the audience and you can kind of, you know, put in place some structures and, and utilize some of the same things that you've learned over that three year or two, yeah, two and a half year period, which was the burn box, I suppose, three years. Then what, what's the, what's the latest business that you've launched? All right, I'm going to get excited. All right, I'm going to get excited. So here's, first things first, um, a problem I struggle with now, and um, I still struggle with it now, is kind of a problem I've always had is trying to do everything. And, um, and that's why I just want to give you, take a second and thank you for helping. When you, you talking about helping me with the burn box. Uh, I knew my my website needed polishing. It was, it was I was getting subscribers and stuff, but I did it all myself. It was done like a firefighter. It just I just made it work, you know? And I knew I needed some help. Again, web stuff gives me chest pain thinking about, it, you know, and I knew I just like with Harbor, I said, you know, I got to find somebody who's going to do it. It's like an investment. You know, I, I had proof of concept. I just said, you know what? It was it was tough for me to, to tough for me to do it. But I went I reached out to you. Uh, you were very uh, helpful. You, you broke things down very well. It made sense. It was uh, it was affordable. And a big thing was communication. And I'll tell you. Uh, what really uh, got me for this next business, why I said this is it's right. Because I wasn't ready to launch the Collector's mm -hmm. Club. It wasn't for you. I wasn't going to launch it. I know. I know. I kind of pushed it a little bit. I <laughs> was, because... was speaking about it. And so a problem I always had was trying to get help. I've always tried to get help from people with sourcing and stuff like that. And you could tell if you're not a firefighter, like I, it's hard. But I, would, no, I don't want to feel like I'm forcing people to help me. You know, I want people to kind of want to help as well. I don't mind paying, but. When I spoke to you, you helped me revamp the site. I told you about this coin and patch idea for fire department collectors. And I could tell just your ideas. I see your, your brain was like firing. You're spitting off ideas. And I could see the passion. I'm like, I could see the uh, my the passion that I got in you. And I was like, all right, this is it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And a uh, big thing with you was you. I didn't have the time. I had just, just got to a new firehouse. I transferred from a regular uh, fire company to a technical rescue company. So your first year is kind of like you're there. So you have to um, take a lot of classes. And uh, I just had a baby as well. I, he's one years old now. Uh -huh. So I had a lot going on. And I just, you you said, hey, Tom, listen, I'll take care of all of this. 
and we'll, you know, we'll break it down and we'll check, but we had a, a couple months was the launch process. So it was, I was, it was in bite-sized pieces and, um, yeah, man, it, you just took a huge load off my shoulders because I, I want, I had this idea for another two years and you, you were just passionate. You broke it down. You're like, I think it's great. And I was, you know, it just felt right. So I'm, I'm I want to say thank you to you for one, help me with the burn box site, but that was huge. Cause I would have waited. I would have waited. Yeah. Well, that, that's the the thing, isn't it? Thank you so much. That's really kind of you, Thomas. Like I, you know, I, it's, uh, it's why I work in this industry so often, like one-to-one -one with clients and why I still, I love it so much. Is that what you just said? There is the passion, right? And I, I said to every single client, you know, who's coming on board, and we're, we're looking at building out a site um, or funnels or whatever the case may be. Why I love this industry, subscription first industry particularly, is it's driven by passion. You know, we all have these ideas and we, we launch a business. It's not about initially money. It's not about, you know, building a business or, you know, profitability or anything like that. It's sparked by something that's like, that would be cool. Let, let's see what I can do with that. And I, I know I probably did push you a little bit with that because I could see the potential because of the audience you've already built and the fun that's associated with it. So to talk a little bit more about that, it's the FD Collectors Club we're, we're talking about, right? So yeah. give, give me a little bit of background about where like, that was coming into 2023, right? And yeah. that's when it was like January, February, I was like, you know, we should be moving on this. And like you say, you're flat out with work. Um, so talk to me about kind of where that's at now, some what, six months later from initial kind of, right, we're going to do this. Okay. So um, I've always had the idea um, with the burn box. It's a, it's for firefighters and every month I put a tool in there and I realized that some firefighters are retired. Some people aren't firefighters yet. Some people just love the fire department and they just love, they want to find a way to support. So sending them a box with tools and it just, it just didn't make sense. I mean, it wouldn't build long-term, you know, retention, you know, they, like, they'd get tired of getting stuff they're not going to use. So mm -hmm. I also, uh, when I joined the firefighter, uh, fire academy, we, at, at graduation, we all got these challenge coins and I, it's like a big military thing. It's supposed to symbolize like an event or something or something, uh, like a unit or something special. People get challenge coins made. So firefighters do it, uh, cops do it, military, they do it. And um, I just started searching and I found a lot of groups on Facebook that collect these things. Even at my firehouse now, people will come and they'll buy T-shirts and they'll buy coins and they'll buy patches from the firehouse. It's good because it um, like in the firehouse, we buy coffee, we you know, gym equipment, TVs and stuff like that stuff. We kind of like pay for ourselves. But when people come and buy shirts and patches and stuff, it helps support the house. So I'm in these groups and I've noticed that um, there's thousands of people in these groups, thousands of people who collect. And um, like like for me, I said earlier, if you, I go on vacation, I'll go to a firehouse and try to grab a shirt. I figured it'd be really cool if I could find a way to, I'll be the legwork. I'll reach out to these departments. I'm already speaking to firefighters with the burn box. Um, what, almost 2,200 subscribers. Um, I speak to plenty of vendors. Like I'm in a unique position to to get the coins and patches. I'll do all the legwork. I already know how to run a subscription box, you know? Um, so I'll be the guy. Um, so that's what inspired the FD Collectors Club. So every month, the FD Collectors Club, you're gonna get a different patch and a different coin. It's gonna be a matching set. Let's see if I got one here. Oh, this is for my firehouse right here. You know, a different Patch and coin from a different firehouse. It helps the fire department, the firehouse itself. It helps, you know, give them money for whatever they need. 
it also I also do the legwork for the different uh, collectors out there. And um, I think it's a win win. I, again, I think I'm in a unique position to do this because I'm already speaking with thousands of firefighters every day, you know? Um, yeah. And it was, uh, this launch was a lot different because I wasn't starting from scratch. I had a, a, a client base from the burn box of firefighters, to, you know, the spitball ideas to survey. And, uh, it was good launch pad. Um, I had you, which is huge to help me, um, actually plan it all out because like I was just working so much. And, um, I think we first month, I think it was a hundred, like 160 subscribers. And I think we're on well on our way to uh, 600 now. Yeah. So it's only been a few months. It's going, um, we're still you know, working out the kinks, but it looks very promising. It's good. And uh, I don't know, this is like, I don't I'm not a financial guru or anything, but you could, if you want to get into Airbnb and renting houses and stuff, you got to save up a lot of money, put a down payment. You got to um, find, you know, get approved. You know, get tenants, do renovations, or you could do a really smart launch, you know, uh, do a smart pre-launch, start a subscription box, and you'll be cash flowing just as much. I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. Can I say that? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, well, absolutely. That's the beauty you of what we, what we do, right? I got right? the bug, it's, man. I got yeah. the bug. I, I know. I, I can do it. <laughs> and we've, we've discussed other, you know, ideas there, you know, talking about, you know, the potential market like EMTs and stuff like that, that, you know, we were, we were talking, you know, seven, eight months ago and going, you know, if we can, if we can do this, get it out there and then we can, we can roll it out, you know, and again, you're refining, right? It's, it's more efficient each time. So you talk back there about how you launched the burn box and how there were, you know, it was like fog and you didn't know where to go, what steps to take. But once you've done it once, it's a pro it can be a process and a framework and then you can refine it each time it gets quicker it gets more efficient and then once it launches then it's it, you know it kind of takes on a life of its own um but that, i think that is the importance of passion because otherwise you don't stick with these things you know if you do a, a launch there's not really a passion there you're going to drop off you're going to you're not have that resiliency to to take it forward and stick with your gut instinct about that kind of spark of creativity um so i, I think that's awesome what where do you see like the next the next step for Thomas Ansu, the entrepreneur. Can I just take a step back and talk about passion real quick? And honestly, yeah. you correct me if um, I'm wrong or you disagree. Um, maybe I'm biased because of the field, the niche I'm in. But I think that's huge for subscription boxes. I think if you find um, a passion, something that people are passionate about, I think there's something there. You know, I'm not here to shame any other subscription box or anything. I'm still very small compared to some of the giants out there. But I think if you could find something that people are really passionate about, I think you have something there. You know, I just I think that's huge. And like you said, also is consistency um, and staying with it. Like that first subscription box that I said I launched before me, they're no longer here. Um, again, I don't wish bad on anybody. Or, I mean, the market's big enough for everyone, but um, I was just looking and I know how much work it is for my business. So I can only imagine, you know, I don't know what, you know, what situation they were in, but they're no longer here. I, there was another competitor I actually acquired. You actually helped me launch that site as well. Uh, another competitor, he reached out to me. He said, Hey, listen, I got another job. This is just too much time for me. Do you mind taking it over? He does the same exact thing that I do. So it was an easy, you know, it was easy just to add it on. But um, so I acquired the business. And so I think, uh, Passion is huge. Passion is huge. I, I just want to go and say that. But what's yeah. what's next for Thomas? What's next for the um 
I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to try to stick to what I know. Um, I was an EMT. I might launch an EMT subscription. Um, I might branch off into uh, law enforcement coins and patches. That's actually what I'm doing. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I got the bug. I think I'm just going to try to keep educating myself. Uh, I've been learning and uh, teach, trying to reading up on marketing. And I think, you know, you have to participate in your own rescue. That's what we say, right? So if I if you're in the water, right, and we throw a buoy to you, you gotta reach, swim to it, and grab it, right? You gotta help yourself. So, like with marketing, uh, you can't just hire an ads agency. You also you can, but you also need to help. Like make give them content, you know, give yeah. them help help them help you, you know. Yeah, couldn't agree Something more. Not, couldn't agree more. I still more. struggle with that a bit, a bit, you know, just staying on top of sending content. But you gotta participate in your own rescue, um, and so uh, and just learning how the marketing works i think it makes it better for me to gear content yeah um, well do you remember us we were chatting there a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about this and um you know i said you know it's good to know, know enough that you're dangerous with it right so when i'm working with development teams you know i i don't do development i don't have the patience for it um, or the skill over the last 18 years i've always had a team that does the development areas for me and for the agency um but i know enough that i can say you're you're not telling me the full picture here or what you think isn't possible actually is let's figure it out you know i think those types of things and that's why like with your your marketing understanding and that consistent learning is really important you know because when we're talking you get it you understand the things that over the last three years three and a half years you've learned um and then hopefully i've you know brought some ideas and concepts and you know new ways of working as well and you've t you're like a sponge you know you're taking it all on board and refining and proving um so it, it's it's incredible kind of to watch that and that's really exciting for you know the next steps and what you're you're doing you know coming um, you know, into these kind of other industries that where you have a passion. Um, so let, let's let's wrap up, Thomas, and, and say, well, first of all, I want to thank you for for being here. This is an incredible session. I'm really excited because you're actually the first, the inaugural session for this Subscription Secrets podcast. So I'm excited because, you know, I, I love working with you. I love the, the sites we're doing. I love the concept. Um, subscription First is that passion element for me as well. Um, so let's wrap up and say <clears throat> closing remarks, I suppose, because there's going to be entrepreneurs watching this who are scared to launch their first box, their first business. They've got that fog in their mind. They don't know what step to take next. Um, they're maybe at 700 subscribers. They want to get to a thousand and they're scared about that leap. And, and you know, there's that overwhelm that comes into play for all of us entrepreneurs that we just get more a little bit more resilient each time we break down a wall right so what would you say like parting advice to people in those positions they're either starting or they're looking to take that next leap and that like you know scalability um yeah so a big thing for me when i was starting was i kept asking myself um what if what like what would it feel like if i was able to pull this off you know and uh so that's what kind of drove me uh because not making a decision is a decision. So uh, it was, I had to convince my, it was scary, but I think once you take the leap and you start watching that baby grow, like your business grow, it's very satisfying. Now I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be stressful. It ain't going to be easy, but you know, as soon as you get to the top of the hill, man, you, you know, it's, 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 it's beautiful once you get to the top of the hill. So it's just, just keep pushing. So I think a lot of people give up. Uh, obviously, if it make 
if it makes sense, you know, you, you know, if your numbers aren't working, it's good. It's good. You don't want to just throw money in the garbage. But right. I think consistency, uh, letting go of fear is huge. A big problem I still struggle with today is letting go of the steering wheel and getting help. Uh, just getting help, and sh you know, sharing the load from time to time. I have this horrible problem where I want to do everything. And it just it's just then I do a poor job at a bunch of things versus where I could just stay focused on my strong suits and outsource that. Um, if you can get a team, I recommend it. Um, that's something I need to do in the future. I'm going to, I'm going to do is I'm going to start trying to get systems in place and, um, cause I'm going to launch a bunch of more subscription boxes. But, um, I think if I had to give advice, just take the leap because, um, it's, it's very rewarding. Just understand, um, it's going to take, it's delayed gratification. Understand it's going to take time, trust the process, stay consistent. And um, try to work on something that has a passion, a strong passion, that something that people are really passionate about. Um, I think those three things are all big, uh, a good recipe for like a successful subscription box. Totally, man. Yeah, I totally agree. I love it. Um, I think that in, envisioning, you know, what would it be if I pull this off? I love I love that concept, you know, sitting and thinking, actually, what could that, you know, seeing it. And then just sticking with the process, like you said, and making it a reality over time, just being consistent, you know, cliched as it may sound, you feel fast and feel forward, right? Yep. You know, so you're learning constantly, you're always taking things on board, you're trying new strategies, new concepts, um, experimentation. I mean, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur is you get, like you said, right at the start of this, you said, you know, you made a ton of mistakes, you maybe took some risks. There's always going to be that element to it, you know, maybe overbuy stock for a better deal or, you know, try a different approach to advertising or viral stuff, you know, what's going on. So I think that's, that's fantastic. Um, and thank you so much. Cause I actually learned a lot and just, you know, chatting through this. I know we've spoken a lot about all this. We're doing a lot. Um, but it was really cool to kind of hear your, your story and see where you've come from, where you're going and, and put it all down and give whoever's watching a lot of ideas about how it needs to be done and um, that they, they shouldn't be fearful of it, that uh, we need to take those leaps and jump into the unknown where we're not sure what steps coming next. So, man, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I, I don't, I don't do podcasts often and cause I'm, I'm a firefighter. Like, you know, you don't know how hard it was for me not to curse and, you know, <laughs> I don't feel free. Feel free. It's just, just being in the firehouse has ruined me, but um, it's just, uh, thanks for, thanks. And thank you for all the help, man. A lot of the stuff couldn't, wouldn't be possible if I didn't have, Somebody like you in my corner. So uh, thank you. I love it. I love it, man. So yeah, thank you. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Hey, folks, if you enjoyed this, head on over to subscriptionsecrets.marketing. You'll see there on the homepage, there's all sorts of free resources, communities to join, courses, expert opinions and interviews and subscription soliloquies. And you can pick and choose what works best for you within this industry. But the goal of this entire community is to uplift one another to new levels of success. So without further ado, head on over, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, join any courses or communities you would like, download any of the free action plans, and I look forward to hearing of your success real soon.